Hey, welcome to Today's 20s, the podcast about surviving and ideally thriving in one of the most wild decades of life, our 20s, in the 2020s. I'm Emma Hartley, and I'm here to explore these ups and downs with you and to provide you with entertaining stories along the way. So let's get into it. My beautiful listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Today's 20s. I'm your host, Emma Hartley. I'm a 25-year-old business girl. I'm here to help you, guide you along the way of early adulthood and all this craziness that we have to deal with. And I think that it's a really challenging time. I feel like today I'm feeling like, you know, being in your 20s is always a daily struggle. There's always a new thing that you have going on. Um, But you know what? I'm just really grateful for, you know, all the wonderful people in my life that have got me to where I am now. And with that, I just wanted to go into a couple of announcements before we get into this awesome episode. So um, with that, I am really excited to announce that today's 20s has official merchandise available for purchase. Um, You can head over to my Instagram, which is at today's 20s spelled out. um, And we have some new sweatshirts available. So we got this uber cute peach cropped hoodie. And we've got this awesome crew neck hoodie comes in a a bunch of different colors. I personally love the peach. I think it's super cute and cutesy. Um, But also the crew neck is pretty boss. So whatever your vibe is, like I totally respect it. And yeah. So with that, I will get into introducing today's guest. Today, I'm interviewing the amazing Anna Kilo. She is the founder of 8-1 Standard Boutique. It's an online boutique for the elegant and empowered woman transitioning from her 20s to her 30s. And I think that's such an incredible mission because for me, I've always struggled with this sort of time in my life where I'm in my mid-20s. I want to have things that are cute to wear to work, but I also do not want to compromise on style. So I really think that you all will like Anna boutique and definitely make sure to listen to the end of today's episode because she gives us an amazing discount to her online boutique. So definitely make sure you stay tuned till the end. Um, But anyways, getting into today's episode, I think this is a really important one. We're talking a lot about just being resilient, being flexible, finding your passion while also dealing with the ups and downs that life throws at you. So I think you're really going to love this episode and is incredibly amazing and candid and wonderful. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. Um, And I won't keep you guys any longer and we'll just go straight into the episode. So with that, my conversation with Anna. Awesome. So we are recording. We are live. Today's 20s. I'm so excited today because I am joined by the amazing Anna Kalo. And I'm so excited because I feel like her story is one that is really inspiring and helped me sort of gain perspective about what it's like to, you know, go into an entrepreneurial endeavor um, and just explore the journey of life. And I feel like that is one that is really admirable and one that I try and bring to this platform as much as possible. So welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. 
Thank you for having me. That was a really sweet um, <laughs> intro. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, of course. So I thought we would talk about, um, you know, sort of giving me your general background for our listeners, sort of get them up to speed with sort of your uh, story and and how you got to where you are now, and uh, then we'll dive a bit deeper. Yeah, of course. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Anna, and I'm the owner of an online women's clothing boutique called 8-1 Standard. And I guess my journey kind of began, I feel like like any woman in fashion, when you're young, you just know you want to work in fashion. (laughs) You just love it. Um, My mom was very stylish, very outgoing, kind of the opposite of me because I'm pretty shy and introverted, but my mom was very stylish and outgoing and I would also help her get dressed. And I just, I love the way an outfit could transform how you carry yourself and how you feel and how it can be a reflection of who you are, you know, on the inside. So I always admired women who were put together, whatever that meant for them. I know everyone's style is a little bit different. Um, so that was kind of where my love of fashion began. And then kind of in high school, I think, I feel like around your junior year, you start panicking about what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And you're just 16, 17, you don't really know, but I knew I loved fashion. And so I looked into the fashion Institute that we have here in San Francisco, FITM, um, cause I grew up in the Bay area in California. And at the time, I don't think they were offering a bachelor's degree. I, I don't know if they do now or not, but my mom really wanted me to get a bachelor's degree. That was just important to her. So she wouldn't allow me to go there. (laughs) So I ended up doing the community college route, transferred to UCLA, fell in love with like psychology and education. And I did an internship um, in like a career center at a nearby high school. I think it was like a magnet school or something. And I worked with this really wonderful counselor there. And I loved how I could help the other students like write their um, admission essays for college and watching them go through that journey that I went through. And I was like, I love this. And I was always the friend that was on top of my classes and what I did I need to take and what was required and when's graduation and all that stuff. So I thought like, wow, being a counselor like fits me. And I mean, it doesn't hurt that you're off at like three or four and you get summer (laughs) thoughts. I was like, this is kind of cool. So um, after graduating, I got um, a, a job at a nursing school was like a vocational school and I was helping them find jobs right after graduation. That was my job. And I did like it, but I just kept missing, you know, I was like, oh man, like I never got to do fashion and I'm still in my early twenties that I want to do that. Mm. So somehow I got in at Charlotte Ruse at the, they were still open at the time. And um, I went and worked at their headquarters and you start at the bottom. And I kind of love that. I love working your way up. I love the stories of like, I used to get coffee for whatever, whoever, and then yeah. now I'm the director or whatever, you know, like I love those stories and fashion very much is one of those places where like you start from the bottom and you work your way up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started as a merchandise coordinator, like digging through samples, prepping samples, Um, And then the buyers there, they're really nice. They kind of like mentor you. So they would let me like develop product here and there. And uh, one of the times I think one of my product made it into like the store and it was a bestseller. So so that was really nice. Um, So, you know, it was like really fun, but it can also be a toxic work environment and also just really long hours and very low pay. (laughs) I was living, you know, with my sister who was my roommate. So like Mm. we shared the rent and everything. So it was just too much. Um, and I ended up leaving. And from there I worked part-time styling for this app, um, for a brief moment. And then I started at a, a more of a tech company that was also involved in fashion. So they had a mobile gaming 
um, app for a fashion game for dress up, but they, the clothes were rendered from real designers in real life. So it was still really fun. I got to work with like the brands team and the content team and I did social media and I wrote the, uh, the copy for our social channels. And, uh, my manager was really phenomenal. She was in PR, like in New York. And I learned a lot from her and like her energy and her vibe was amazing. Like she's such an inspiration. Um, so I kind of switched to that and then ended up leaving that and wanting to do something a little different after a couple of years there and then fell back on the part-time styling just to kind of get by. And then that company ended up getting like a contract with like Michael Kors. And so we were styling Michael Kors clients and we were flown to New York to be trained. So cool. I know. And one of the times he came in and said hello and he was so nice. And I, I heard um, from the employees there that like he pops into the stores in New York and will like style the customers randomly. And I, wow. he just seems so like like hands-on and humble and kind, yeah. you know, so that was a really cool experience. And I learned to style people of different types and who want different things. And so that was a really good experience. And then I ended up finally just starting my own, um, store, my online store. I was like, I like styling people. I like, you know, picking and designing product. I, I really love this. I, I feel like I have a good eye. I like curating. My sister was like my number one fan and was like, you just start it, just do it. Like, Worst case, you sell your inventory and you close up shop. Like there's, you know, you just got to kind of go for it in life and uh, I guess manifest what you want. And so my long-term goal will be to design the clothing. And I really want to do social good with that. So I'd love to get more into sustainable stuff. I want to get more into um, employing women and fair wages, like the, you know, mm-hmm. just the more I'm learning about the the ugly side of the fashion industry, the more it's like, I want to be part of the like solution. And I think our generation is calling for that. Like yeah. I think interest um, searches for sustainability have like shot up. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this is great. Like, I'm glad we're kind of all on that same page, but for now, since I'm smaller, I do wholesale and I'm trying to my, to switch over to more sustainable wholesale brands. And then as I start selling more, I would like to start designing my own stuff. So that was kind of my, you know, I was styling part-time, ran the store, and then tragedy kind of struck in my family. And um, it got really complicated to work part-time. I started needing a more stable job for financial reasons. But I also just got a little bit into panic mode where I was like, you know, my store might take longer and I need to provide for my family. And I don't want to get too out of touch with the workforce, like, and be five years out of a job, uh, out of a full-time job. And so I ended up working, um, now I'm in a tech company. I've been there for almost a couple of years while I'm running my store. So it kind of all happened simultaneously a little bit. And, um, I really love it. Honestly, I'm learning a lot of skills, a lot of professionalism, like just being organized, learning to juggle multiple tasks. Like I'm learning a ton and I do love it. And in a way, I feel like I'm giving myself options. So if my store mm-hmm. takes off and I can design my own stuff, then I could go with that in the next couple of years. If it doesn't, then at least I'm building this like invaluable skill set and working at a really large like tech company and doing really big things and, and build my career there. So it's kind of a win-win, but it could be a lot. It's a lot. Like I just feel a little overwhelmed a lot of the times and trying to juggle both things and trying to juggle a career, but also don't want to give up on my dreams. So, um, you know, it, it can be difficult, but I'm definitely really grateful to be where I'm at now and we'll see kind of how it goes, but I definitely, my passion project, what I do on the weekends, what I do in my spare time, what I do in the evenings is my store. Like I love my store so much. So that's kind of where I'm at today. I love that. And I totally resonate with where you're at career-wise. And I think it's so interesting that we're able to sort of find other people who are doing something sort of in a parallel way where 
you know, right now, like I was just telling you before, like I have a job interview today. And so it's so interesting because I feel like as much as I love my podcast and I'm so excited to see where it goes and it's definitely my passion project. I also think that there's nothing wrong with having your passion project, not be what you do to make a living. And I think that a lot of people, you know, really struggle with that idea of sort of like the all or nothing approach. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think what's so amazing about, you know, podcasting or having this entrepreneurial endeavor, like your store um, really allows you to, you know, build it the way you want to also with learning from another, you know, job, you know, that's what I'm looking for as well in my career is, you know, having opportunities to really learn from the companies that I'm, you know, working for and able to sort of gain that experience that I wouldn't be able to necessarily just if I was working for myself. Um, and I think that it's really cool that you, you have both things as well, because you're kind of, you know, people just talk a lot about just starting their own business and going from zero to a hundred. And I think that's not realistic a lot of the time, like for you and I, you know, it's like, that's just really? not the re- the reality. Um, so I really love that. Thank One you. thing I would love to sort of continue um, and sort of delve into a little bit deeper is, you know, this idea of of learning. And I feel like throughout your career, you've had, you, you know, you touched on it in your story, all these opportunities to learn. Um, and, you know, having gone through all these different career paths and, and really, you know, taking your journey in the fashion industry to where you are now, um, what were some of the important things that helped you sort of get to where you are now skill-wise and, you know, in terms of, you know, learning opportunities, both in school, as well as just professional learning opportunities, you know, what would you have said to your, you know, younger self, or if you had a younger sister, like what you'd say to her about like how to really, you know, make sure that you're constantly learning and constantly growing both personally and professionally. That's a tough one. Um, <clears throat> so this is something more in my twenties that I did, but I feel like now in my I'm early thirties, I'm kind of, I know the, the, the new wave now is like, learn to say no and set boundaries, but I'm going to say something slightly the opposite. I'm going to say, <laughs> say yes and mm. take opportunities. That's what I would tell. I do actually have a younger sister, but she's oh. on a different path, but let's create a hypothetical younger sister that <laughs> for advice. Um, yeah, I would tell her like, take opportunities, anything that sounds like interesting, take it and learn from it. Because a lot of my jobs looking back, even if in telling my story, maybe someone listening is like, wow, she did a lot of random stuff that doesn't make sense or go together. I would disagree because I learned something really valuable from each job. And a lot of those skills are transferable. So even in my role now, I'm learning a lot of like project and program management. And even though it's like in construction um, at a tech company, it's totally like whatever I'm learning, like overseeing multiple deadlines and projects and being pushed and pulled in different directions. Let's let's say like if you're running a store and you're super busy and you've got like, uh, let's say you've made it big and you've got teams for everything and you've got a marketing team and a product development team and whatever, like you do have to be on top of all that and oversee those things. So even though they sound like two random different like industries, they're not. So what I would tell, you know, my younger self in, in while I was like learning and juggling things is like, take that time. Like you have that energy in your twenties. Like you have that drive and that ambition and that hustle. Um, 
and kind of like that wide eyed, you know, ready to, to do things. And I think taking all these random opportunities is amazing. Like I never knew that like my part-time styling job would then turn into like a contract with Michael Kors where they flew us to New York to be trained. And I wouldn't in my wildest dreams couldn't have thought yeah. that I would flying to New York to touch the product before it hits the stores and learn how to style people and then meet Michael himself. So it's like, I wouldn't have gotten that experience or done that if I just didn't take a chance and say yes. And like, you know, try different things that were a little out of my comfort zone. I mean, the scariest things sometimes are the best things. Um, so I don't, did that kind of answer what you were totally, asking? Totally. Okay. Yeah. You know, going off of that sort of, how did you find the courage to start your own store? I know you said that your sister was the one that really is your cheerleader and saying, you got to go for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, were you, were you scared when you wanted to start your own store? Was that like something that was intimidating or did you already have so many ideas for it and had the experience in the fashion industry where you felt pretty prepared? I want to say both because... (laughs) Of course, financially, I wasn't, I mean, in my dream world, I would have been like, let's say still living at home, finding my career. And then I could have done that without having to worry too much about financial security, but that wasn't my situation. I had rent to pay. I had to feed myself. Mm -hmm. So it was very scary, but the way I've always been, and I encourage others to be is taking calculated risks. Like I don't see myself ever just like selling all my stuff, packing a backpack and backpacking around the world, you know, unless I had a plan B of like, okay, if that all went to crap, like what could I do? You know? So um, I definitely take calculated risks. So for me at the time I had the part-time styling job and I knew that push came to shove, it would get me by, like I could still eat and pay rent. Yeah. Um, And then with the store, I just had a backup plan. Whenever I started to panic as entrepreneurs do, um, I was like, okay, if everything fails, I will have a big garage sale and get rid of all my inventory, even if it's for $10 a piece and just recover as much loss as I can. I'll try to find a job. Even if it's a receptionist at the dental office down the street, I will figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'm scrappy and I will figure it out. And I know that that story might not be feel good for everybody. Like if someone's a single mom, like maybe they can't take that kind of risk, but I do encourage people to take calculated risks. So having like a backup plan. And I knew, I mean, I've always kind of worked two jobs my whole life. That's just how I am. Um, A lot of my part-time styling job was simultaneous with my other full-time jobs. And I think Mm -hmm. that prepared me to juggle my time. So I knew, I knew I'm no stranger to working nights and weekends and not being done at five and having dinner and watching Netflix. Like that's not my life. Yeah. So um, I think taking calculated risks and just being okay with working a lot of hours, I mean, you kind of have to make sacrifices. So yeah, it's scary, but um, I think it's worth it in the end because how are you ever going to know if you can do it or not if you didn't like, you know, take the chance and try? Yeah. That's so, that's so awesome. And I I love that answer that it was, it was both (laughs) (laughs) because I think that is, you know, really honest. And, and so many people, you know, will say, well, you know, I just took the risk and I just went for it and I already knew. And, you know, I think that nothing really can, can, nothing really can prepare you truly to be an entrepreneur other than becoming an entrepreneur. (laughs) And you're always learning. I mean, even I was just going through old photos of when I started the store and oh my God, like the the transformation is just wild. Mm. Um, I'm more mindful of the product I'm picking. And I think when you start, you're unsure of yourself. So you're looking at what other people are doing and you're like, am I supposed to be doing that too? Is that 
the recipe for success. And, um, you know, um, I wouldn't say I wasn't true to myself a hundred percent, but I also was kind of trying to figure out like, Oh, do I need to carry this type of product in my store? So now I'm way more sure of myself. I'm like, no, this is the type of product that I carry. This is like the image I want to convey. This is my brand. Um, I don't need to be doing what everybody else is doing. I don't need to be dabbling in everything. I mean, you still, as a business owner, have to like pivot and go with the flow. I mean, Mm -hmm. with COVID, like a lot of brands started creating loungewear because everybody was at home. I think being smart and savvy and pivoting is very important, but I also want to stay true to like who I am and my brand and my vision. So there's definitely a lot of lessons learned from day one to now, and I'm much happier and more comfortable now. Yeah. you just kind of learn as you go. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. sort of talking about, you know, finding that voice, um, you know, two things really come to mind. One is, you know, the fact that oftentimes people want the brand to be, you know, personable and people want to relate to your brand. So I think that this idea of what you were talking about, about finding your voice and your brand, you know, like you are your brand. And I think the people really put their heart and soul into their business. And, you know, I think that really translates well to customers. And like you were saying, of course you do have to pivot. Um, but I've seen this in my podcast too, which is, you know, I don't know of many people that have a podcast about, you know, the ups and downs of your twenties. And so I was like, I have no idea if people want to listen to that. And so, you know, it is about pivoting and and making sure that you're really able to, you know, find that audience that relates to you. But at the same time, I think it's awesome to be unique. And I think that that, um, you know, uniqueness is really what makes things special. So, you know, something I would love to learn a little bit more from you um, is sort of your your journey um, in finding um, your confidence in in particularly in your in your business and finding that that courage and that confidence to really pursue something that you were really passionate about and you know what advice might you give someone that hasn't yet felt like they had really reached that peak level of confidence where they can take that type of leap of faith it's crazy, but I feel like my first kind of nugget of like learning, like, why can't I do something? Why am I any less than someone whose story I would listen to on a podcast or, uh, was kind of like actually in, in high school when I was figuring out where I wanted to go, a lot of, um, the other students I was like friends with or knew had like over 4.0 GPAs and were going straight to UCs or, um, you know, to private schools on the East coast or whatever it was. And I felt like, well, I don't have that GPA and I can't do that. So it wasn't that I wasn't confident. It just felt like I couldn't. Right. So by the time I went to community college and I toured UCLA and I had this great GPA and I was, um, you know, submit my application to transfer. I was like, why can't I do this? Like this didn't seem possible two, three years ago when everybody else was applying, but I found a way to make it possible by going a different route, but I still got to the same place everybody else was at. So I still got to the college I wanted to go to. I still got, so even though I didn't have the capability at that exact moment, I just kind of wrote a new plan and made it work for me. So that was kind of like the first time. And then after that, like even trying to get into fashion, like you watched so many of those shows and like the devil wears. Oh yes. I love that movie. (laughs) I can't do that. Like those women are in high heels for 12 hours a day and they know stuff I could never possibly, you know, like you start to feel down and you start to feel less than, and you 
we put people on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. so throughout my twenties, and then when I started my store, I was like, why can't I, how many success stories have I listened to and heard where someone was like, I started this in my garage or in my bedroom at my parents' house or whatever. Like they're not any better than, than you or I, or anyone who's listening. It's, they just took the time and did it. Like they made it yeah. happen. They learned and pivoted. And if they failed the first time, they tried again. And for every time they failed, they just kept getting up and going. And so that got them to where, to that finish line that we all then look at and we're like, wow, they're at this finish line and I couldn't possibly do that. And it's like, that's not true. They're people. They really are. I've been learning that as I go now, like um, even using the app clubhouse, like I sit here listening to people tell their story and I'm like, wow, they're so cool. But if you talk to them privately, maybe they don't actually feel like maybe they have imposter syndrome. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're just finding their confidence, but to an outsider, like hearing all their, you know, what they're doing and their thoughts and their great ideas. Like, I think they're awesome and they seem successful, you know? Um, and, and they probably are. So I kind of started to slowly, even now, again, I'm early thirties and I'm still kind of learning this, like, no, like I'm no less than anybody else. I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to learn. I stay up late at night researching. And so that funny enough is what made me feel more confident. I'm like, I'm I'm not, yeah, like I'm not less than anybody and I can learn these things and and succeed and work my butt off just like anybody else. For sure. Once you start having that mentality of like, well, why not me? If I'm willing to work for it, why not me? You know? Um, And so that, yeah, that was kind of how I started to find my confidence and looking back mm-hmm. at everything I worked so hard for. And, and that didn't seem like a big deal at the time. Cause you know, you, you see yourself and you're like, Oh, it's not a big deal whatever, but it, it is. So I started to kind of, I'm starting to get that now. And I'm really happy to feel that way. Cause I think it just has really given me a lot more confidence in what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're such a naturally resilient person and I feel like resilience is something that's also not talked about a lot, um, when it comes to success. And so, you know, we can talk all about, you know, how naturally gifted you are or, you know, how people are just always able to get that a or whatever. And for me, like I remember in high school, feeling like it was really challenging in school, um, to be successful. And, but I remember that like the reason I, you know, did well was because I just worked my tail off. And I think that then I got to college and I went, I went to a school that was really competitive and I was so nervous to go there because I just felt like everyone there was, you know, the top of the top. And I got there and I definitely felt imposter syndrome, but I do think that, you know, once I got to school and saw, you know, oh my gosh, all of these people are just like me. They all have their flaws. No one's perfect. And I think what really matters in the end is how much effort you put in and how much you just work your tail off. And, you know, do you think that resilience is something that, um, you know, can be learned? Do you think you found resilience just through life? Or do you think you've kind of always had that spark in you to try and, you know, um, you know, figure it out? Um, that's kind of hard to say because I don't want to say, oh, I was born with it and discourage anyone who might, you know, want to be more resilient. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I do know, like just growing up, I was always pivoting. And if I had a goal, I'll kind of rewrite how I'm going to get there. And I just always made sure that I got there and I didn't stop until I did. So I definitely think I had some resiliency even from a younger age, but also just my 
journey in my early 20s till now, I did go through a lot of big loss. Um, my mom passed while I was in college. I had to basically, she passed in, in another country. So I had to f- leave classes right before, like, I think we were at midterms or like we just wow. finished midterms. We were on the quarter system, had to fly to the Middle East where she passed bury her, go through some of her things that she had left there, then come home, go through more of her things that she left here. Meanwhile, it was winter break for everybody back in college, come back, be told by the counselor that I need to retake everything from the last quarter or like finish my finals from the last quarter before the end of that quarter, that winter quarter, or I would lose the credit. And I'm like, I can't lose the credit. I mean, you work your butt off for these credits. Like you just that would be the worst thing. I mean, looking back, I wish I gave myself more grace and said, well, mm-hmm. if I'm staying here an extra quarter, I'm staying here an extra quarter. But at the time I was like, no, I'm trying to graduate in June. Like this is the worst thing that could happen to me, even though it probably wasn't. So, um, at that time, you know, so I had to kind of like go right back to school, retake things from the last quarter. Meanwhile, juggling the existing quarter. And I worked all through college. I paid mm-hmm. my own rent and food and everything. So I had to also keep my job and they were really nice. It was like a student job and they knew what was going on. So they, they were very kind and understanding if I was having a bad day, but it was really hard. Like it was really wow. hard. I'm not even yeah. talking about the workload. It was just processing loss. It was sudden loss and um, un- totally unexpected. So it just was really difficult, but I pushed through. Um, I did end up staying an extra couple quarters um, anyways to take on more classes because I was still kind of trying to find myself. I think I just wasn't, I didn't feel quite ready to graduate and my grades dropped. And I was like, I'm not happy with this GPA. I'm not happy with how I'm ending college. So mm-hmm. I want to end it on my own terms where I feel better. So I think that helped me a lot with closing that chapter of school. But I think that was one of the earlier moments in my life where I had to be resilient. It was like, be resilient or I'm going to drop out of school and go home, you know, um, and grieve with my family. But then, you know, who knows if I would have returned back to school or not, you know? So, I mean, everyone's different. I know people that have taken time off and they've still went back and done great things. And and that's awesome. But at the time for me, like I just wanted to be done, you know? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of little nuggets like that throughout my life where I think I've had to be resilient and, and pivot and figure out, okay, well, maybe I'm not graduating at the time I thought, but Hey, I'm doing this and it's all going to work out in the end. And when you look back 10 years, which actually we're about to hit 10 years, um, of that time, you know, you look back and you're like, all those things I stressed about didn't really matter. The point is I got there, I finished, I did what I needed to do. So I think that I'm constantly building that resiliency, like constantly going through things and learning to, to, you know, take the time I need to process things, but then also go back and and get it done, you know, yeah. I don't feel like sorry for myself or use it as a reason to, to give up. Um, and actually my, my store is named uh, the eight one in my store is my mom's birthday. So I did that in, in her oh, honor. I love that. Yeah. And then, um, my dad helped me set up a lot of like, he's, my dad was an entrepreneur and he told me how to get like my business license, like my permit. Like he's like, these are the things you need. And like, he helped me so much. Like I would Google things. And then if something was unclear, I'd call him. I'm like, dad, I don't get this thing. And so he was super supportive too. And he helped me like set up my QuickBooks and taught me like the Mm -hmm. basics of logging, you know, my stuff so that I can do my taxes at the end of the year. And then he ended up passing um, in October. And so I've had Mm -hmm. to, even with my store, like you can see resiliency, even in my store, um, 
I started my store like two, three years ago, but to me, really the rebirth started the last couple of months because I've had to pause, you know, he had a sudden stroke out of nowhere, was like in the ICU for two, three months, um, in rehab, did not do good, deteriorated, went back to ICU. Like it was really like a massive stroke. He was not himself. We couldn't talk to him. He couldn't walk like nothing. Um, so I put my store on, I was, I remember kind of panicking and talking to my sister. I'm like, do I just close the store? And she's like, you can do whatever you want. Like you can pause your store and those people will be back there when you're, when you get back. And if they're not, you'll find new customer. Like you right. will figure it out. You don't need to close the doors. Totally. Um, things can be on the back burner. So mm-hmm. that's like another example of like where I had to be resilient and pivot. So I put everything on hold, tended to my dad, um, gave him my, I was with him every day in like rehab and, and that went on for like almost a year. Um, and then, you know, once I felt comfortable again, I picked the store back up. So I didn't give up. Like I could have used that as an excuse to be like, well, I tried and it didn't work. And, you know, my dad needs me, I'm going to close it, but I didn't, you know, I decided like I'm going to unpause and, um, I'll come back to it when I can come back to it. And that's exactly what I did. And now I feel like a newer sense of like just excitement and ready to like do, do more with it. And then, and then the funny thing is it started off being in honor of my mom, but now every little thing I do in the store, I, I think of my dad and how he helped me like learn that or do that or encourage me in this or that. So now I feel like they're both intertwined in this store for me. So that's it, amazing. Yeah. It just makes it that much more special for me. And it, mm. and I, I refuse to give it up. Like I could be in the negatives for a year and I, I don't care. I'm going to keep going until it clicks. And I feel like it's, you know, um, and, and I'm not in the negatives, <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> but like, for me, it's like, I, I want to keep this going, even if it's just a hobby while I keep working in my, you know, project management role. And, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I just want to keep my store and it reminds me of my parents and I, and I love that. So uh, I know that's not totally what you were asking about, but I do but think that yeah. Yeah, resilience, like woven into my store and into my journey. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's so amazing that your store has so much more meaning than what, you know, a normal store does. And I think that just goes to show like how much thought, care, emotion goes into building a brand. And, you know, for most people, there is a story behind what's like, what's their why. And I think your why is so powerful. And like, that is going to, you know, prove to be, you know, why your store continues to be resilient is this, you know, deep care and, you know, love for what your, your brand is. And I think that that is, that's just so amazing. And I think that's not something that's talked about often is like, well, what's the why behind the store? And of course you can go to like the about us page of different companies and stuff, but, you know, oftentimes that kind of gets lost in the mix of, of why did, why did this, you know, brand come up? Um, why did this person start something? You know, most people have a reason behind, you know, the story and if it's not, you know, why they started it, you know, just like yours, I think that's just as if not more powerful that, you know, as your store, continued to grow, you kind of found these new um, abilities to associate it with like important and devastating moments in your life um, in a way that is so, so powerful. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it just, it keeps you going. Like I'm, I just, I refuse to quit it. I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't reached the point where I have to, I'm just saying it's one of those things where like, I'm going to keep going no matter what, even if, even if it's just like a hobby on the side or something, like I just love it that much. And, um, yeah. and, and honestly, like <clears throat> besides like, you know, the, the sad parts of losing them, the, um, a bit of what I do love about my store, like on um, is friends who shop it, wear their stuff out. I get so many texts from friends or clients that I'm close with. And they're like, I just wore, you know, this blouse to work. Like this was pre COVID, but I wore this blouse to work. I got 20 compliments today from everyone mm. in the office. And I'm like, it just gives you that. So you're like, man, like I helped, like I curated that. I helped style this person. Cause that's something I do offer for my stores. Like if people need style help to reach out and they felt good in it, they got complimented on it. And to me, I feel like I get the indirect compliment because even yeah. though they wore it and rocked it, I'm like, I picked that piece. Like I, that makes me feel really good that I contributed to that. And I do feel like what you wear and how you carry yourself can help your confidence too. Like you got to kind of play the part sometimes. And so totally. put together on, you know, makes you feel a little more put together. So, um, I definitely love those bits of my store too. So I feel like all of that coming together, like it just is like you said, it's a huge part of my story and my why, and I love it. So, um, even though it's really hard, it's really hard to, I'm sure, you know, but it's really hard to have a full-time job and then, you know, use your nights and weekends to work on your passion project. But, um, I think those moments make it worth it. And remembering my, the influence my mom had, and then how much my dad helped it with me setting it up. I just, I, you know, it's their memories there for in it for me. So I just, I can't let it go. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I just love that, that you, you know, have continued and seen where it's gone and just not given up. I mean, that's just, I think ultimately like that's what matters and it's really, really impressive. Well, I want to know where people can find you and tell me a little bit more about your store and like, what styles do you carry? You know, what do people, you know, sort of get us like the elevator pitch of like some of your style curation, like what is yeah. your like inspo? I yeah. love talking style. So <laughs> like the thought process behind the pieces, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm online. Uh, you can find me at eight one standard.com. Um, eight one is spelled out. And um, the inspo, honestly, like the inspo for the style, it just kind of started, um, you know, in your twenties, you start to transition and towards your thirties, like your style kind of shifts, right? Like in my early twenties, I was in the like short, tight dresses from forever 21 let's say and then you kind of, yeah and then like your life kind of starts to shift like you have friends that are getting married or having babies so now you're invited to a bunch of bridal showers and baby showers and weddings and so you need those like nice elegant pieces that you want to wear to those events and then you start you leave college and you start and you join the workforce and mm-hmm. so from there you're heading to happy hour after you know, uh, works over and you're meeting up with your friends or maybe you're dating and you're going out to dinners with different people or you have a boyfriend and you're, you know, going with to dinners with your boyfriend. And so that was kind of the inspo for the stores. Like I wanted the, the modern everyday woman that is like on the go doing all these things, has all these events in her life. Um, she needs something to wear. She needs to go out and look beautiful and elegant, but still flirty and fun. Cause we're still young and want to, you know, yes have that, you know, fun. And so, um, though that's kind of the inspo behind the pieces. So I definitely have like a lot of like blouses that are perfect for work, but then you can wear to dinner after and still look really nice and put together without looking like you just left your corporate job. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have dresses that are great for the weekends for brunches, or if you're going to a wedding or 
you know, to a winery or whatever. So I was thinking like, in terms of my life, like, what am I doing? And what are all these places I'm going out to? And of course, again, this was pre COVID, but I still think with things, hopefully reopening soon, people will still need these pieces. So that's definitely the main um, pieces that I carry is like these high quality, but like affordable, elegant pieces that are flirty and fun, but timeless. And you can pair with anything and everything in your closet. So you don't feel the pressure to purchase you know, hundred different things, you can add a couple pieces into your rotation and it'll do just fine and, and take you where you need to go. So that's kind of the pieces that I sell. I love that. Yeah, no, it's so funny you say that because I totally, you know, my story tracks the same as yours, which is, you know, I was wearing, like, I still do. I wear like, you know, a crop top here and there. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, I remember, um, my roommate would, uh, would be like, oh my gosh, this was such a, you know, classic Emma moment where I <laughs> went into her room because I was meeting my boyfriend's parents. And I just said, I said, I have no idea what to wear. All I own is crop tops. <laughs> It's one of those moments where I'm like, all I own is like corporate attire or crop tops. And I was like, oh, I need more. So I love that yours, your pieces are of that like middle ground where they're still cute. They're still accessible for work. And after, you know, it kind of has that, you know, bridge between, you know, still wanting to like have that cute outfit when you go to work, but like also feel like you look nice after. And I feel like that's such a hard thing to find brands that really do curate that type of look. So I love that that is um, one of your inspirations. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely struggled for a while finding stuff. And I think that was a huge part of when I started the store. I was like, (laughs) I can fill this gap. I let me help people like find these nice pieces that don't feel too stuffy, but are great for work and still professional and elegant. But then, you know, are fun and flirty and you can wear them out. So you, you said it perfectly. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I think that this has been such an inspirational and thank you for sharing your whole story behind your store and sort of your journey to how you got to where you are now. I think it's really inspirational, especially for people that, you know, life is this crazy process that we cannot predict. And, you know, just seeing the amazing things that you're doing now and the, you know, the why behind them, I think is just incredibly um, amazing. So thank you so much for sharing with my listeners. Thank you for having me. And actually I'd like to offer your listeners an exclusive 20% off their first (gasps) order. I normally do. Love. I'm going to do 20 since yours is today's twenties. It just made more sense to do 20. OMG. The code will be today's twenties. Um, and uh, if you want to include it in your note reader's notes or whatever, sure will free to, to use that on their first purchase. And they can Uh always DM me if they need any help figuring out what to wear, have any uh, sizing questions. I'm more than happy to help them. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, thank you. I'm so excited about that. Go you go listeners. (laughs) Woo. Go today's twenties code. (laughs) 